I'm Robin Crane, and this is the Growing Your Financial Business, The Woman's Way podcast. Listen, I was a financial advisor for over a decade, and I got so sick of the old archaic strategies that your grandpa used to get clients. What the industry teaches today is still so outdated and just doesn't work anymore. So I had to find a better way for myself, and then I got obsessed with sharing these how-tos with other women like me. The stuff I teach doesn't require giving up your life, your sanity, or your family time. I want women like you to have it easier than I had it, so you can thrive in the industry. I've now helped thousands of women grow their financial businesses to multiple six figures, some even seven figures per year. So on this podcast, you're going to get an inside look at how they did it so you can do it too. Let's dive into the show. Welcome. Welcome. I'm here with Jamila Payne, who is an MBA which I'm sure was a little painful. I know that's probably many people probably do that. And that's horrible, horrible joke, horrible dad joke for all you guys. But um, she is known as an authority for entrepreneurs looking to systematize their business so they can increase their income and serve more clients while working less. Sounds awesome. Her work has been featured in the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, Entrepreneur Magazine, Black Black Enterprise, Black Enterprise, I said that really funny, NBC, Fox, and several other media outlets. So we're very excited to talk about this thing that she calls productive procrastination and how to overcome it. So tell us a little about you since I butchered some of that stuff there um, and how you got into this. And then we'll jump into this overcoming productive procrastination. Yeah. So I got started in my business, which is called Daily Success Routine, really focusing on helping women service providers to grow their business uh, to six, six and seven figures and help them to become breadwinners in their businesses. And so what I saw a lot happening with high achieving women, and this is true for financial planners and the finance community, is that uh, we got a lot on our plates and sometimes we hesitate on getting things done that are really important for the growth of our business. And what I've noticed is that there are ways that we can improve and be able to get more things done in our business so that we can achieve the levels of success that we deserve and desire. Awesome. 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 Cool. So what is this concept of productive procrastination? Because I feel like it's almost an oxymoron, which it's like, if I'm procrastinating, then I'm not very productive, but are we being productive, but we're just not being productive in the right things? Or what does that mean exactly? Yeah. Productive procrastination is really like a bougie level of procrastination. Okay. So like no one who's listening to this show is just lazy. They're not lazy. You know, there's lazy energy and then there's like productive procrastination energy. Productive procrastination is when you are intellectualizing, not getting something done that you know you need to get done. For example, it's when a brilliant person says, I'm going to start working out really soon, but I need to get some new gym clothes, right? Mm -hmm. Like you have made a logical excuse that no one's going to argue with. No one's going to say like, oh, you don't need more gym clothes or you don't. I'm going to argue with it. I'm be like, just get <laughs> naked and work out. What's the difference? <laughs> right. So you can basically reasonably justify why you're not taking action on something that you know is a specific goal for yourself. So what tends to happen is when you're productive procrastinating, you go into 
uh, research mode or intellectualizing mm-hmm. why you're not getting something done. So, for example, uh, another way people product- productively procrastinate is you might have had a client who says that they want to work with you, but they need to think about it. Oh, I need to think about it or I need to talk over over with my spouse. Well, they're productive procrastinating. They're going into research mode. They're intellectualizing Mm -hmm. why they can't make a decision right now. And so you have to be very careful about when you're doing this in your business because you want to make sure that you are not giving yourselves what seems like a logical excuse for why you're not getting things done. Awesome. Awesome. And I also think that we project, right? So if you are the type of person that's productive, procrastinating, productively procrastinating or productive procrastinating, I don't know, one of those two, but if you're doing that a lot and make excuses, like I need to talk to my spouse first or whatever it is, and then you're wondering why you keep making offers and they keep telling you they need to talk to their spouse first, like because you're running this pattern. And so you're projecting this pattern on others, which means that you kind of give them permission to do the same. I find that a lot in my life. I'm like, Oh, I'm getting this objection. Oh, it's because I have the same objection, right? Like I don't want to spend the money. And now all of a sudden they're like, Oh, I don't want to spend the money. I think I might be able to do this on my own. Well, you know, Hey, guess what they're saying? I think I can do this on my own. Right. So it's like, I think the more that you, command from people like to do, take that action, the more they will take it as well. Like, but you got to start. Right. So, um, you know, what was interesting when you were starting to describe productive procrastination, I was thinking that you were going to say, cause I'm starting to think, well, what would that mean to me? And so I was thinking more like something that's actually productive. Cause we're saying you're saying productive, but it's not really productive. Like it just, we're calling it productive. It's almost like, uh, quote unquote productive, right? Cause you think it's productive because you're being intellectual about it, but in reality it's not. But I was thinking too, like there are things, and this is kind of shifting the conversation, but that there are things that we do. Like I, I should say, I don't feel like are productive that I don't do that. I feel like I should do. So what I mean by that is like, for example, meditation, right? I feel like that would be something that if I meditated every day, which I've gone through stages, but now is not one of those phases. Um, that that would be a productive way to procrastinate. Like, yeah, I don't want to make those calls, but Hey, if I go meditate for, you know, 20, 30 minutes, then maybe I'll come out of that realizing that, Hey, if I make those calls, I'm going to change people's lives. Like remember what I'm doing here on this planet. And that is a way to procrastinate, but it's actually productive. So I'm sorry to change the meeting on your thing, but I just like, it's interesting that different takes of it of like how there are things that we're doing to procrastinate that are actually hurting us. And there could be things that we could do to maybe even self care and take care of ourselves so that when we do show up, we take action. Not only do we take action, but we do the things that are most uncomfortable. So we get the fastest results. Any thoughts on that? Have you ever heard anything like that? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I, I have another practice, which I call three by three, which is like three calls by three o'clock. Right. So it's just making sure that you take action in the beginning of the day to make sure you're doing the things, especially making your calls. I mean, really key for your community, right? To make sure they're making calls and following up with clients. So it's really important to think about what are some things, habits that I can put in place, daily routines, weekly routines that will allow me to not procrastinate, like not 
come up with an intellectual excuses for, as to why I'm not getting things done, but that can actually propel me towards doing the things that I need to do. And sometimes something like a meditation and being able to quiet the mind is something that will allow you to be able to say, you know what, I'm going to settle myself down so that I can be able to do this kind of, do the work that I need to do. Because there's a different, um, there's a different energy in our work. And, and, and especially when you're talking about um, a financial advisor, a financial planner, they are basically in what I like to call busy energy when you're out, you're meeting with clients, you're talking to people. And nowadays people are doing a lot more of that, like, you know, on Zoom or Google Meet or something like that. But there's still a lot of people that are out meeting with their clients. That's that busy energy where you're used to moving around and getting things done. But then there's more of the focused energy, which is required to like actually be on the computer, putting together the financial plans, making those calls, having those client conversations. And so it's, it's it's two different types of energy that someone in the profession needs to be able to navigate in between. And you want to have those tools and techniques in your arsenal that will allow you to switch between that busy energy and the focus energy that's necessary so that you're not productively procrastinating. Oh, I like that. Okay. Let's get into that more in a sec, but I wanted to add something to that. So here's what I think a lot of women do as well that I think is, is worth noting and just being aware of, because I think it's that productive procrastination that you're talking about. So you talked about like the focus energy of like a financial plan. Right. And so what I found a lot of the women who come to me, like they're, they get into this perfect mode. Right. And they're like perfection and want to do it right. Which is awesome. They want to do right by their clients, do all those things, but I think if they did a study and they probably have, but I don't know studies, but they did a study on this. They would find that women prepare way more than men. Like they're doing a lot of preparation before their meetings. They're doing a lot of preparation, even with the financial plan, like yes, they're using software, but there's also all this extra preparation. And then they come to their meeting and that might be focused energy, you know, before the busy energy, I understand that. But I think like, so talk to me a little about how do they, how do they stop doing too much when they don't need to? And also like just prevent that productive procrastination, because sometimes I think it's like, they might be focused or they might not think it's, they need to do it or they might not, but then there's a lot of things they are doing that they don't need to be doing. And there's a lot of things that they're not doing that they need to be doing. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And there is a study similar to this, which talks about how when it comes to going for opportunities, and I'm going to get the percentage a, a little bit off, but it's something around like when women are going for opportunities, they need to feel like they are 98% qualified for the mm. opportunity. Mm -hmm. Whereas one of our male counterparts are going for that opportunity. They only need to feel like they're 70% qualified for the opportunity before they right. go for the opportunity. So women, even when they are highly qualified, very talented, like right for whatever the opportunity is, right for whatever the client is, they are overcompensating a lot of times or discounting their ability when it comes to doing the work. And it's so important that you be able to set yourself up so that you know that 
you are highly, highly qualified for what you do and remembering your accomplish, accomplishments. One of the things that I do for myself is I keep a list of awards and accomplishments. So these are things that I have done in my own life and in my business, whether that be boards I've set on or committees, committees that I set on, articles that I've been featured in, podcasts that I've been on. I keep that running list for myself so that when I'm having in a moment and we all have these moments where we feel like uh, we're we're in self-doubt, right? Like, am I good enough? Can I do this? Can I make this happen? Can I get this client? This is really a dream client. Can I make this happen, right? We can be able to refer back to our own list of evidence that proves our qualifications, our capabilities, our significance to be able to do the work that we love to do. So it's really important to have that for yourself, those reminders that are gonna allow you to feel like, hell yeah, I can kick ass. Like I am a badass, I can right. make this happen. You absolutely need to have that in your own toolbox. You know, and I think that's also very different with women and men because I, I know most men don't need that. Maybe some do, but I'm married to a man who definitely does not. <laughs> He's like, if I want to feel good and confident, I feel good and confident. If I want, you know, like it's, it's, he just makes a decision and then he kind of can feel that way. I'm like, I need the proof. I need the proof to show I'm smart. I, I used to feel like I was stupid. Like my whole life, I thought I was stupid. And so I just got straight A's because I'm like, if I get straight A's and just work hard, if I figure that out, then people will think I'm smart, even though, so they won't know the truth truth, right. That I'm stupid. So I got straight A's. And then, you know, I, I realized also that I got this belief that I'm stupid, probably from my mom, because she would have these side comments about how she's not smart and she's, you know, she's stupid and those sort of things. And then I went to college and, um, you know, I got mostly straight A's. So I was like Phi Beta Kappa, Magna Cum Laude. My mom would be like, put that on, put that on your, uh, not even resume, but put that on your bio. Like she still will say that. I'm like, I graduated over 25 years ago. My mom wants me to put Phi Beta Kappa. I'm like, nobody cares about Phi Beta Kappa, but she's like, oh no, it's so amazing. Not everybody's Phi Beta. Oh, Magna Cum Laude. And I was like, I don't, I don't care anymore about that. But it's funny because like, I forget about those things even, and, and I don't care about the the name of it or whatever, but I do care that like, I, I was determined and I said, I want to do this. I want to get straight A's. I want to, you know, be a good student. And then I was able to do that. And I, at least I'm smart enough to be able to go get straight A's. Right. Even if I thought, you know, back then, you know, I was stupid and all that stuff, but I think that's great. I think a lot of women, like we, we need that. And sometimes it's just, it's also borrowing the confidence, I think from others belief in you and that sort of thing. And like, oftentimes just using systems, I feel like you have more confidence when you're using a sales system, right? Because it's like, it might not be who you are or what you did, but it, you use a system that's been proven to work. And then it makes the client feel good. I, I just had this um, meeting with a new, one of my new one-on-one -on -one rap elite clients, and she's really new in the business. And she still has a part-time job as a library director. And I keep calling her a librarian, even though I'm like, you're not, but people see you as that. Right. And so, you know, she's like, she, we had this long deep dive session, our first session, and she doesn't really have the confidence. She's been calling like everybody and kind of almost like she's not begging them, but that's the energy of almost like it's a favor for them to meet with her. And I'm like, girl, here's what I want you to think. First of all, a year from now, like you're not going to want to take any of those clients. And like, we can get you in your first year to hundred grand, but let's just assume we don't. So next year, let's say you do hundred grand. What's going to happen at the end of that year? 
Now you've done a hundred grand. And the next year on January 1st, 2025, you're going to wake up and you're going to be like, now I want to make 250,000. Right. So like, there's always growth. Right. And so who are you then? What are you thinking? How are you reacting to people then? Because it's different. You're not going to be like, oh, sure. On Facebook, like you should, you want to meet with me? I might be able to help you. I know your brother helps you, but come on. You know, like, it's like that energy of like begging, right? Because it's like, she doesn't have that under her belt. So I, I love what you said about like, let's look at all the things you've accomplished. And what I I'm just thinking, because for her, like we just had an hour and a half session and she was like, completely like, like totally more confident, had, you know, a more belief that this is possible. She has more conviction in the people she's going to help, you know, less care, you know, she's care, caring less about the people that maybe have said no to her. And she's more focused. And I told her, here's exactly what to do, right? The systems, the, the mindset, like all that stuff, right? And so what I'm adding to for the listeners here is like, what if you just imagine you get the result that you ultimately want, like, or at least that next result and then the next result. And you imagine yourself getting that, like, how would you show up differently? Like, how would you react differently to what's happening? You know, because if you're making a million dollars a year, you're sure not going to act the way you acted when you made a hundred thousand. Right. So like, I think there's a lot of things to borrow too, because we women think we need the proof and you got a lot of proof. So it's great to remember that. And like, imagine the proof that's going to happen and how you change because of that. So uh, anyway, I, I want to get back to the overcoming this, but what are some of the ways I just want to add that, but what are some of the ways that they can overcome this, let's just say pattern behavior or habit of this productive procrastination, which essentially is just justifying why you're not doing shit, right? Yeah, I really love what you said about systems. And that's number one. And what I would say in a way to overcome productive procrastination, because you want to think about different areas of your business and where do you need systems in place? For me, I always tell my clients systems is just a fancy word for routines. And you want to have routines that create predictable results. So what is a routine that you can have in your business, when it comes to getting your calls done, when it comes to having that focused time to work on your plans versus having that busy time when you're out meeting and clients, what are the routines that you need to put in place? Literally just like step one, step two, step three for the routine that's gonna allow you to make sure that you're getting the work done that you need to get done. So that's first and foremost, right? That's getting those systems in place that are gonna allow you to prevent from productive procrastinating. The other thing is to think about like, why are you really delaying and getting the things done? Sometimes we're delaying things because we have an uncomfortable feeling that's coming up and we can really manage any feelings that we want to deal with. So we want to check in with ourselves on like, what is it that I'm afraid of feeling that's preventing me from taking action? Sometimes we think about uh, you know, when it comes to something like working out, which I think is something that, you know, women are always trying to figure out how a lot of a lot of high achieving women's. How do I figure out how to fit my self-care into my busy business schedule? It's really thinking about also, is it that you're afraid of, you know, the discomfort of the working out? Is it afraid of focusing on yourself instead of taking away time from their family or your kids? Like, what is the thing that you're afraid of of doing that's preventing you from taking action and it's causing you to productively procrastinate? And how can you just face whatever that is 
so that you're not afraid of taking action anymore. I love that. That's I find that that takes a lot of patience and and focus because I wouldn't think to do that. So I think that would take a lot of like discipline to just be like, what is it that I'm really feeling? And because I don't take the time to do that, I just I feel and then so I act right. So I, I feel like this doesn't feel good, and so I procrastinate or I don't want to do this, so I don't do it. So I never go like, well, what's the real reason why I don't want to do this? What am I really afraid of, or what's coming up for me? And I think that's huge. I I, I will butcher your quote, I'm sure, but I think Brene Brown said something like, if you don't name your emotions, they'll eat you alive. Mm. Like, cause we, we tend to, and, and I know I have the tendency, like I, I was like, I did Tony Robbins stuff. And so I would have like, you know, Oh, I'm not anxious. I'm nervous or I'm excited, you know? So instead of, you know, like owning that, no, I actually feel some anxiety right now. Let me deal with it. Instead, I would call it something else and be like, no, I'm totally fine. I'm, you know, and then bury it, bury it, bury it, which I think not only affects like what we do with like, whether we procrastinate, whether we get the work done, but it also affects our whole body and like our whole, you know, system, internal system and our health and all that of like, okay, if I keep burying this down, like it's, it's going to eat me alive. Like literally it's going to start eating my inside out and make me feel sick and make hurt, hurt, hurt my, you know, give me cause disease and all these things. So I know that's a bit of a stretch, but like, I do feel like that all is happening. I was listening to this, um, one of the Mel Robbins, I think she was on the Tom Bilyeu podcast, um, impact theory. And she was talking about how like most, a lot of us are focusing on like neck up, which is like all the mindset stuff. And I always think like, we always say, Oh, 80% mindset, 20% strategy. Right. And I'm thinking, yeah, like totally because these women, you know, come in my programs and definitely like there's mindset. They need the mindset shifts that work on their mindset. Now they feel confident. And I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm amazing. I'm a great coach. Right. But, um, but she was talking about neck down and how she did all this work, like working on her body and like how amazing it was to recognize, like when I feel anxious, where, where in my body do I feel it? And like actually dealing with her body. And she was saying how much it changed, like the way, like her behaviors, it changed her thinking. It changed, it actually changed her mindset by shifting her body. I don't know. I would just went off on another tangent. Like this is like tangent day, but like, I don't know. Any, anything come up for you around these conversations here? Yeah, I really think that it is important to be in touch with being able to process your emotions because it's one of the important things in being able to uh, grow your business. I always say your business can only grow as much as you do. And so as as business owners, like one of the things that's really cool about us is that we get to personally grow by stretching ourselves and being able to build our business. I mean, if you're financial planner, financial advisor, I mean, essentially you're, you're running your own book of business. I mean, you have to be able to, you know, manage your clients well, grow your clients, find leads, close the leads and where you're going to come up against things is where you are finding tension in yourself, right? If you are afraid to ask for money, you're going to be uncomfortable when it comes to selling and closing a client. So you got to get over your own stuff in order to be able to take your business to the next level. And so being able to check in with yourself of like, where do I need to personally grow so that I can grow my business, I can grow my client base so that I can grow my revenue. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Do you know Lisa Nichols? 
Yes. Okay. I, I so don't Lisa know her personally, but yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I actually do know her personally. She's amazing. But um, but she 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 if you guys are listening and you don't know her, you should look her up. She's probably like the number one motivational speaker, at least in the United States. I don't know, maybe the world, like especially female, definitely the number one African American, I would say, maybe outside of Oprah, um, as far as like a influencer in this space. But she's she's amazing and she's awesome. But anyway, she she talks about she teaches speaking and I went to her speaking course and stuff. And, and, um, she talks about how your business can only grow as much as your personal development. Right. So it's like, she focuses on teaching you how to speak. We, we did this thing called when my soul speaks and it was, we were all like crying at this event because it was just so much about like, we always said, Oh, Lisa's so good at cracking everybody open because it's just, everybody's so open and willing to be vulnerable. And that's why she's saying, well, that's when my soul speaks is like when we are able to tell the truth and be real and without all that fear and all that judgment, all those things that we've been talking about of why we go and and procrastinate and why we try to avoid things, you know, it's because all this stuff is coming up and she's like, you know, talks about how, well, you're, if you can just, if you just focus on growth, growing your focus on your personal development, your personal growth, then your business would explode. And like, I've just been trying to focus more on me than just my business. Like one of the biggest things I need to do is stop reacting. Like I, I get triggered and then I react and I'm like, I've been, fo- I mean, it's, it's, it's growth, man. Like it's, it's a lot. Well, man, it's a lot to just like keep working on yourself where you're just like, gosh, I got to not, everything is urgent. It does not have to happen now. Like I can pause and then like take some time. And I, you know, see that there's more than one option here, but that has been really valuable for me on my, my journey of personal development of just like to stop all the reacting. Cause I think a lot of us, like part of it is that procrastination is just because we're just constantly reacting to things and just, you know, dealing with so much, like taking so much in without giving ourselves space when actually there can be space and, you know, no one's going to die if you don't call them back right away, even though the market's going to go down, you know, or the the market's going down. Like we think that everything, like, especially financial advisors, they're like at their client's beck and call, like, you know, we, Oh, I will get back to you within the next 24 hours. You know, it's like this culture of like, whenever you say jump, I'll say how high. Okay. You know, I'm like, I am your bitch. Like now I'm a CFP. I'm your bitch. (laughs) No, it's like, well, this culture of like, I'll do anything whenever you want, as opposed to like training, giving boundaries, like even training your clients and training like people around you that like, no, we actually take a breath and and take that space. So I think all of that kind of goes along with this procrastination thing. It's like, cause we're talking about using the space, like not doing everything now, but we're using it as a crutch. We're using it to, um, to avoid something, right. As opposed to taking the space and using the space to make better decisions and, and do the right thing. Any thoughts on that different? Yeah. I would say one of the biggest things to think about, right. Especially as we, you know, come up on a new quarter and this is something you could do every single quarter in your business is ask yourself, what is a skill that I need to be developing this quarter? Because sometimes we're productively procrastinating because of something that we don't feel good at, right? We talked about how women can put themselves in a space of even when they're qualified, feeling inadequate at something. And so sometimes that is feeling like I'm really good at a sales call. Sometimes it's feeling like, 
I can write some copy that I need to write. Like there's so many different aspects of our businesses. And, and now we, you know, we're working a lot in a, 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 a online marketing world, a social media world where there's a whole different spin to marketing and putting yourself out there than there's been in history, right? And so there's all these new like talent, skills, abilities that are necessary for you to be able to build your business. And so what I like doing is saying, what is a goal that I can set for myself in terms of a skill that I need to be developing in this season of my business that's gonna help me to get to the next level? And as long as you are focused on tackling those skills, you will not you you will remove the idea of procrastinating on getting things done because you are starting to skill up in the areas where you have created that self-doubt and feeling of inadequacy. Like let's just get rid of that feeling by being able to skill up in those areas that you really need to. Skill it up, yo. I like that. Skill it up. That could be like your product. Skill it up. <laughs> awesome. Tell them where to find you, Jamila. This has been great. Thanks. Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram at Jamila Payne MBA. That's J-A-M-I-L-A-P-A-Y-N-E MBA on Instagram. Um, the same on Facebook. You can find me there as well. And I also have a special gift for your audience. We actually have a course called Time Freedom, which is all about 90 days of productivity and being able to get more done in your business. So we're going to give that away for free to your audience. So anybody who wants to get access to that can just go to breadwinningbusiness.com forward slash time freedom to be able to get access to that course. Okay. Thank you. Awesome. That sounds awesome. I need that course. Brett, say it one more time. It's breadwinning breadwinningbusiness.com forward slash time freedom. All one word. Okay. We'll put that in the show notes. All right. Well, thank you so much. We appreciate that and appreciate having you all here. We'll see you next time on Growing Your Financial Business the Woman's Way. Bye. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.